It's the Favorites Podcast presented by FanDuel. The NBA season is kicking into gear and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. I love betting with FanDuel because their app is safe, secure, and easy to use. And when I win, I get paid fast. Plus, FanDuel lets me jump in on the action anytime with live betting during games. So download the FanDuel app today to start making every moment more. Must be 21 or older and in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia, and Ohio. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast from the Volume Podcast Network. I am Chad Millman, Chief Content Officer of the Action Network. I am joined in this episode, as I am by every episode, in every episode, by my co-host, my companion, my colleague, my BFF, my, my, my compadre, professional better, Simon Hunter. Hello, Simon. Hello, Chad. How you doing, brother? I'm good. And listen, we're going to have uh, Stucky come on the podcast. You know, the the gang, the quartet, the wolf pack, me, you, Matt Mitchell, Stucky, we're together again. And um, you were missing this past weekend from when the wolf pack got together uh, in the New York, New Jersey area. And we're going to bring Stucky on. We're going to talk Final Four. I'm sure he's got some opinions on Lamar Jackson because he loves the Ravens. Uh, he can tell us a little bit about how to hedge because this final four has been so unpredictable, yeah. but we're also going to talk a little bit about this weekend. Cause um, there was a little bit of some insanity. I'm just glad Stucky made it to the show. My man, how are you? Oh, what's going on? Yeah. Just, uh, I just got my voice back. So that was good. Otherwise I would have had to take a rain check. So I'm not at full volume, but uh, I know our, Matt Mitchell, producer, also lost his voice, but he, he doesn't really need a voice. He's got to give a couple instructions at the beginning of shows. I need a voice to talk on these shows, so I was happy. My wife made me some, like, tea, a bunch of tea with, like, throat clearing, uh, I don't know, qualities, some some mix that she gave me, and I was drinking hot tea with honey and stuff yesterday, so feel a lot better today. Somehow made my flight on Sunday morning about a month ago. One of those things where, like, you you – you're like, oh, I'll get a flight for this time, right way before the trip. And then during the trip, you're like, wow, I made a big mistake. But I wanted to get home before the game started on Sunday at 2.30. So I, you know, grabbed an 8 a.m. flight, couldn't find a direct, had to do a layover. Somehow, by the grace of God, I made the flight. So, uh, yeah, it's good to be back. Final Four, we're, we're winding down to March Madness here. So, uh, yeah, it's good times this weekend, though. Well, your bride, Big Mac Baller, who I've met, we've all met, and is lovely, is much nicer than mine because when I called mine on Sunday morning, uh, after we were all out together on Saturday night and I went to bed way before everybody else, uh, I called her Sunday morning. She goes, I, what the fuck's the matter with you? Cause you sound terrible. 
Um, we were in New York this past week, New York and New Jersey. We uh, had an event at a bar called Mad Hatter in Hoboken. All I know is that Stucky and Chris Raybon on Thursday night into Friday basically saw the sun come up. Raybon, who goes out harder than just about anybody other than Stucky, passed out at eight o'clock on Friday. And Friday night, I know uh, Stucky uh, uh, and two other people from our team, Barbara Walters and Danny Donahue, were out until 5 a.m. And I know that on uh, Saturday night, long after I left the bar, nearing you know the morning out, the early morning hours, uh, I got a picture from somebody with Stucky doing car bombs. So I do want to know, Stucky, at what time did you go to bed on Sunday? Sunday was three, three, three o'clock. So yeah, it was it was sunrise, sunrise, three o'clock. I had to get some sleep before getting up and then getting my uh, ride to the airport at LaGuardia, which thank God is so nice now and so efficient. So like I was able to fly through LaGuardia. Um, yeah, so it was three for three. Raybon had to take a 36 hour break, which I'll never let him live down. He had one job that weekend, which was to come to drink. I'm doing shows in the morning, live shows. Um, so yeah, I, I was, I was giving Chris some shit for that, but, uh, yes, it was, it was long. We get out Here's the thing. Like you, you go, I meet all these people. I get all these people that I've never met that have been following me for a while. And, you know, I'll tweet about my nights out and we, I, during football season, I do like a rally car bomb. It's like, all right, this day's looking rough. It's time for a car bomb. Hopefully turn it around. Well, if you're in a room full of people that, and luckily uh, the two bets that I gave and we emailed everyone, the two bets that I had on Saturday were UConn and FAU. So that, or on Sunday or Saturday, I should say. So that worked, that worked out, but um, because it would have been scary to be in a room with 500 people who followed your bet. Usually it's like on Twitter and I hear about it, but like in the same room as everyone. So that worked out. But then there's a bunch of people in the, in the same room as you that want to do a car bomb with you. And, Eventually, I had to go take a seat in the corner of the bar, um, and <laughs> I forget who I was sitting with. It might have been Christina or someone. I was like, "I need to get. I need to take a break. I need to get away. There's only so many car bombs I can do." Um, so, but it, it was worth it. It was a great time. It was a great turnout. And uh, yeah, well, there's only look. There's two games on Saturday. Right, we got Zerillo has the opening MLB covered. I'll, I'll catch up on baseball next week. So this is a good week to recover and be a little behind on some of the stuff. Well, you know a good way to recover? You go to a game. Speaking of going to a game, you've heard us talk about game time many times in the past few episodes. They're the fastest growing ticketing app in the US. I love game time. Honestly, I use it all the time. And if you're looking to get out to a pro or college game this week or even a concert, game time has amazing last minute deals on tickets to all of these. I'm actually going to open game time right now from my house here in central Connecticut equidistant from New York City and Boston. And lo and behold, there is a Celtics game that I would love to go to on Friday night. I can get in the door for 150 bucks. Listen, if you've been to TD Garden, you know that's a deal. No matter where you live, download the Game Time app, get out and have some fun this week. You deserve it. And you can redeem code favorites for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, just download the app and enter code favorites for $20 off. So download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price. Guaranteed. Always a guarantee. By the, by the way, uh, chat, chat. Enough talk about talk about me. What's even crazier is you made it till midnight two nights in a row. I think is that a? It's true. That's true. Yeah. Now, That's well, part of almost uh, on Friday night, I made it to midnight, 
but I was at a buddy's house in New Jersey watching the games. I did stay up for the entire game. So I did make it. The next night at the bar, to my credit, I got to the bar at 4.30. I didn't yep. leave till 11. And for someone like me at a bar where we were all yelling at the top of our lungs because I think the average age of this bar might've been, the people in this bar might've been 23 years old. It's like the bar that you go to when you first get out of college. And you know, I'm older than that. And so the music was so loud. I think the only time I could hear myself was when me and the other old person there, Matt Mitchell, were standing at the end of the bar by the door and we were able to have one decent conversation with Mike Calabrese, who's been on the podcast, BBOC uh, colleague as well. Um, and that was about it. So uh, we all blew our voice out because the bar was so loud. But I do get credit for sticking around. I, I, you know, I had some stamina this weekend. I agree. Mad props. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. We miss Simon. Yeah. Wish I could Simon, have you been were, there, You were whale Chad. watching? You were whale watching, Simon? <laughs> I actually went to Vegas. I um as much someone as I love you Hawaii, were whale watching, I think. Is that was that someone just make that up? No, I was during the week. Oh, okay. I went to Vegas okay. on Thursday morning. I got back midday Sunday. Um I do love it here, but like I'm not some six pack guy with that can surf. Like I'm a degenerate gambler who just loves betting. So um as much as I do love it here, I've like really missed Atlantic City, Philadelphia too. I just I miss the books, miss the action. So Got a got went to went to Vegas, which they call whatever the twelfth island here, um, because it's the only place you get direct flight from Maui is to Las uh, Las Vegas. Um, yeah, it was it was a good time, honestly. Like I was saying, gambling on the World Baseball Classic, gambling on the Final Four, uh, the not the Final Four, but the Elite Eight, all of it. It was just such a fun weekend. If you're a better for sports, even if you're not a better, um, to me, of course, I love football. There's just nothing like March. March is, it's the best, especially if you just love betting at all hours. There's just, there's so many sports going on all day. So um, again, to me last weekend, one of the better weekends of the year for betting wise. So no surprise, you guys had a great time partying in Hoboken. It's just, it's just a good time to be together with people betting. Hey, listen, when uh, the last two days, and I want to get to Final Four, but I do think this is an important, it's relevant, not just because it compliments you guys, but because I think it's important in how we frame action, which we've always talked about. Uh, on Monday, I was speaking to a class at Bradley University, uh, one of the, in the sports communication department there. And one of the students who was a huge action fan uh, was talking about uh, how much they love the content and they love the talent and they were talking about Stucky. And they said, you know what I love about Stucky? I feel like if I went up to him and spoke to him in a bar, he wouldn't judge me. He would just tell me how to bet and make me feel good about it. And that's the exact way we describe how we want our talent to be is like approachable and accessible in that way. And then Simon, today I was talking to a job candidate. He said the same exact thing about you. <laughs> so I hope all of our listeners are feeling the same way as we go into the final four. If I can get sentimental for a moment, I hope all of our listeners are feeling the same way. Stuck, it's been a crazy final four. Uh, you've got a UConn future remaining. How do you feel about that? Oh, I obviously feel good. And, and no, by the way, I, I, that is a great compliment. Anyone that sees me out anytime, including last week, I was tweeting, if you see me, don't hesitate to come up to me, which a lot of people did. My favorite were 
a group of good friends, Tom and Tommy from Staten Island. And they were like, yeah, I know we can't make it up with Tom and Tommy. Um, but uh, yeah, you, we have a, if you listen to our podcast, big bets on campus, which we'll have our preview out later in the week. We had uh, five futures this year that we, you know, each week we would all bring one to the table, vote on it. And UConn was one that we had at 22, 23 to one, which I have some of as well. Now they're the overwhelming favorite. I, I think at some books they're, Minus one twenty, minus one thirty. I think I saw, and so yeah. I mean, they're gonna—they're clearly the best team left on some of the analytical sites. They're now up to number one in the country, and they're five and a half point favorites against some Miami team that uh, look. They're this is a team that should, all they do is cover and win as underdogs, um, and their offense is playing really well. Their defense has a ton of issues, but their best defense is just more offense. And that they're they're just putting ninety up on everyone. It's pretty crazy. But this is what I tell everyone that asks me. I mean, the biggest the question that I get most frequently, by far, is, "Hey, I have this future. What should I do? How do I hedge?" Well, a lot of times people ask this way too soon. Like you can't hedge. Usually, can't hedge a future in the Sweet Sixteen. You got to wait. It gets it adds up quickly if you do the math. But the thing I always tell people is, look, if you're not doing this, even if you are doing this professionally, if you're doing this recreationally. And it's not going to change your life. The right answer is usually let it go. Now, you want to ask yourself, why Why did you place it in the first place? What were you expecting? Did something change, right? Was there an injury? Do you not like the matchup? In that case, maybe you want to edge a little. Is it a ton of money and it'll help you? you, you guy, I, these questions I asked, I'm going to sound like a financial advisor because that's really, you have to, I have to find out so many things. What's your risk aversion level? What's your financial situation? What will this money mean to you? So I get it if you want to just, you know, betting a lot of it is like staying mentally stable. So if you want to put a little bit on something just to make sure that you return your initial amount, that's fine. Now, one thing that I do like to do at times based on how, what I make the number is go for a middle. So like UConn's going to be a five and a half, six point favorite here. If you want to take a little bit off of, and you have a UConn future, you could take, um, you know, Miami plus five and a half plus six. And you can, you know, for the amount that you bet the future on, and you can hope that UConn wins or, you know, if they, they blow them out, fine. You, you you lost one unit of your potential, whatever, 22, 23. But there's a chance that UConn could win between one and six. And then you're winning both. And then UConn is still moving on. But for the most part, usually just let it ride. Um, people get too wrapped up in wanting to hedge, and especially way too early um, in college basketball in the NCAA tournament. So, uh, whatever I have on UConn, I'm, I'm just letting it ride. And, um, you know, maybe in the final, I'll try for a middle, but for now I'm just letting it go. And hopefully they can keep making shots because if they look how they've looked so far, no one's stopping them. Simon, I feel like something Stucky just said about hedging and it's a really important betting conversation was really interesting because people feel like if they get these opportunities, they must hedge. He's like, if you're a recreational better, assess what it means to you and then make the decision. Like you hedge a lot, but you're professional better. Give me your take on what he just said. Yeah, I always I almost always hedge. It's it's very, very rare I don't. And I, I'm with stuck in alignment in the sense that if you don't care about building a bankroll, if if you truly are just doing it for fun and you don't track your bankroll, you don't, you know, you don't care about tracking that kind of stuff and you're just doing it to, you know. Maybe if you win this bet, you'll take your wife on a vacation, whatever it is, or or boyfriend, whatever you want to do with the money. Yes, then don't hedge. Like, let it ride. You you made the bet and you believed in that bet. I'm in line with Stucky in that. My 
my issue is when people have positions that can make a, a hedge where um like an easy example was this past season on football. Um, you know, we had the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. I also was a big Jaguars believer. So the Jaguars went to went to play the Chiefs. I think it was like a 10-point spread or something like that. I took a large position on the Jaguars spread, like Sucky was talking about here with Miami. I put a decent amount on the Jaguars at plus 10, even though I had the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl. Both it. The, the, the Jaguars covered and the Chiefs won. So it was one of those things where, like Stucky's talking about there, you're kind of playing both sides, and that's a really nice middle to be in where – you can get your money back on the dog. And if you have the favorite, like Stucky's talking about, he has UConn, um, you can just let that future keep riding. So to me, it's all about the the number you got and the position you can take where I'm a, I'm a full supporter. If people don't want to hedge, do whatever you want. I just, I always hedge just because it's my livelihood. Like I'm building a bankroll here. So to me, I, I'm with Stucky. If, you, if you're in a position where you can take the dog while you're on the favorite for a long-term, um, you know, like UConn's future, how do you not put at least at least whatever you say you put in ten dollars on UConn to win it all? At least throw ten or fifteen on Miami at plus five. I mean, you're getting a good number there. And like Stuck said, you're trying to play that middle. You can still hit both sides, which is what we this is what we live for. Like literally, I, I'm not making bets here on Super Bowl futures. I'm not betting the Bears in February, not to hedge them. Like that's the whole point. I'm taking a position in February that I'm hoping I can take a position in January the following year. Um, that's just how I view it. So I think Stucky really nailed on the head there. You got to ask yourself, what are you doing this for? Are you doing this for fun or are you trying to learn and build a bankroll? So to me, like Stuck talked about, you got to ask yourself these kind of questions before you even start even thinking about making a hedge or doing a different play. Yeah, well, right if, now. Se- if, if you're more serious by that side chat, it's just, you're, you're probably not going to be asking me what to do. And I would say just <laughs> map, map, at least map it out. Like, I've seen people try to hedge a future like a 40 to one the last about in the sweet 16 by taking the favorite on the money line. And it's like, all right, say you take that favorite minus minus 250 was this example. That's just to win your bet. So you're laying out two and a half units. Say that loses. And then the next game, you have another favor that's minus 250. All of a sudden, you know, to cover that, that say they're minus 250 again, to cover that two and a half units that you just lost. I mean, now all of a sudden you're up to seven and a half. And then you're in the final four, you're down 10 units in hedging. What if it's minus two, 200 again? Then you're down 20 plus that 10. Then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I need this hedge to hit or I'm not even going to hit any, I'm not going to make any money. So that's one thing. Like, be careful. People, a lot of very recreational betters want to hedge their future way too soon. And it sometimes it can get you in a lot of trouble. But yeah, I agree with what you said, Simon. Yeah, John, sorry. I was going to say, I love that we've got a final four. And who knows? Maybe this is an anomaly, right? But I love that in the early years of NIL, we've got a Final Four that is Florida Atlantic, San Diego State, Miami, and UConn. Only one of those schools in Miami you would consider to be a high-end NIL school. Definitely not FAU, FAU, definitely not San Diego State, definitely not UConn. I love that we're seeing these teams succeed in the early stages of this era. And I love that we've got a final four that has no McDonald's all Americans in it, which I think is the first time in 30 years. To me, it speaks to work ethic. It speaks to playing together. It speaks to, it doesn't matter where you start. It matters where you finish all the things that I think are really valuable. Um, It feels great to me. 
And I wonder, Stucky, as a college basketball fan and a college basketball expert, do you think that college basketball, maybe more than college football, is predisposed to succeeding if you're a non-NIL school in the NIL era? Yeah, I mean, look, I think it speaks to the, you have to remember the the transfer portal too, which uh, a lot of these teams have built uh, on and relied on and and just the amount of talent that's moving in the offseason. I mean, if you just look now, the amount of talent that's in the transfer portal for next year, that's one way to build a really good, experienced veteran team. And that's what we have here. And I think it speaks to the, you know, the value of experience, teamwork, camaraderie, uh, and then obviously coaching as well. So yeah, I think it's I think it's a great thing for the sport. People are gonna say, like, ah, there's no blue bloods and there's no um, you know, you don't have these big NIL schools, but um I think it speaks to the depth of the talent pool in college basketball too. You're even seeing it on the women's side, right? <clears throat> women's side used to just be like, hey, it's UConn winning it all, and that's it. Um, but now you're you know, you saw two ones go down before the sweet 16. So yeah, I think it's good for the sport. Maybe the ratings will be down a little bit. I don't know. Um, but at the end of the day, the only thing I really care about is are there lines for the games, which there are. So there are. I saw, I saw their way up though. Even men's is up, and I saw women's is up too. So to me, it's college is a nice position. Like even the women's bracket's been really good and compelling, especially if you're a better. There's been a lot of great angles. So to me, both the men and the women's brackets this year have been just fun. Like, especially from the betting standpoint, it's been madness, which I think is what we all want, right? It's it's boring when it's always the one and two. It's always the Kentuckys, the Dukes, the Kansas. This is what we love. People are trying to bitch about it, and then their point their point gets destroyed. Where it's like, oh, the NIL deals are ruining basketball. They're ruining ruining college football. I don't think so. I think it's it's kind of changing things. We're seeing it maybe faster in basketball here than we are college football. But I, I love it where it's like you know, there's certain guys here. They're playing. Who knows what they're going to do transfer port wise, but I like it in the sense that, you know, these certain Florida Atlantic players, some of them are going to get a nice paycheck, right? They're going to get a car dealership deal from this crazy run in this final four. So uh, I love these college kids are getting money from producing on the basketball court. Grand slams, no hitters and double plays are back. And there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash favorites, sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. My favorite bet for opening day is the Chicago Cubs to win the National League pennant. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash favorites to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball, must be 21 or older and in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. 
gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. KSGamblingHelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text Hope NY in New York. Tennessee red line is 1-800-889-9789, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming, or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. And there are lines. San Diego State, minus one and a half against uh, Florida Atlantic. Stucky. Total is 131 and a half. At Fandor. Yeah. I want to take. I might, I'm probably going to take FAU here. You might be able to find a two out there. I make San Diego State a like. I made Florida like a small favorite against Kansas State. Easily took them catching two and a half. Think we'll be able to find a two out there, but I make them a small dog. So it's not as much of an edge, but um, I think that they can handle San Diego State's physicality. We saw that against Memphis. We saw that against Tennessee. Right, those are two of the most physical teams in the country, and that's one. Look, Creighton really struggled, especially their guards on the outside with San Diego State's physicality. We saw that obviously with Duke, but Florida Atlantic has guys and they're deep. And San Diego State, all credit to them. Their defense has been amazing. I love their coach, Brian Dutcher. He's a great game planner. Their defense is incredible, especially in the paint and then their length. They just get out and help on every three, but no one can hit a three against them. I mean, nobody. And open threes, contested threes, They've certainly benefited from some shooting luck. Now, granted, for the season, teams have only hit 27% from three. But on during their tournament run, teams are 16 of 94 from three. And you're not playing bad teams in the tournament. So, And Florida Atlantic hasn't really got hot from three yet, which is the crazy thing. And they're a top, you know, they're top 50 in the country in both three-point rate and three-point percentage. So, And they just have got, like, San Diego State's a great one of the reasons they have a great three-point defense, well, there's a couple, but they're, they help extremely well. They're extremely long, so just every shot feels contested. But they're also great game planners, and Dutcher is just a, a great schemer. So if you have one or two guys, which a lot of teams do, it's just one or two guys that are going to kill you from three, like the scout is there, and they're just not letting them get open shots. But Florida Atlantic usually plays with four out, four guys, and then a couple of guys on the bench. You know, They have seven or eight guys that average at least eight points per game four guys who could shoot. So you can't key on any one of them. Um, and they move the ball extremely well. So, uh, yeah, I think that they can create some mismatches here. And there's part of me thinks that, look, someone's going to eventually hit some threes against San Diego State, and this would be the perfect team to do it. And you can't key on any one guy. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm leaning FAU once again. I've been riding them lately. I'll probably be on them once again. Need, need a two, though. Need a two, two and a half, which I think we'll be able to find out there. Now, I had a pro uh, talk to me that he thinks the FAU and men's championship is still too high. They're they're still plus 550 right now on FanDuel. Do you agree with that, or do you think that's priced right? Because to me, I get where he's coming from, where they're only minus one and a half. I, I, I just wonder what the, the line would be against them or Connecticut or Florida, uh, Miami, obviously. I so, think I'm a fa- favorite over Miami, so they'd be a wow. favorite over Miami. Um so would you take Maybe. that 550 then for them national champ? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't mind that bet. Um, I think that there's part of it, and you saw this last week against with Kansas State. There was like I made Florida Atlantic a favorite over Kansas State, but Kansas State was getting like every bet. And a lot of people were saying like 
it's Kansas State, Noel, like in the garden against this Florida Atlantic team. So yeah. there's still not a lot of belief about a team that people don't really know about, haven't seen all year, doesn't come from, you know, a power conference named Florida Atlantic, like to win it all. People don't think <laughs> like crazy. they got until now. They're like Florida. People are still saying like Florida Atlantic is not going to win it all. So from a handle perspective, like in that futures market, I doubt they're taking many bets on FAU now that they're in the final four to win it. So yeah, I, I don't think that's a bad bet at all. No, so they, I think I've saw multiple sports books talk about their, their only way they lose now is if UConn wins it all. So if, yep. if you want to be riding with the books and fading anyone, you want to fade UConn. Yep. Uh, you know, it's interesting. So Florida Atlantic, Stucky, you got them as a, you know, you think they can beat San Diego state. Simon, you've got wise guys talking about a plus five fifty. Stucky, you say they'd be favored over Miami. Yep. You're this like Florida one, one point favorite for what it's worth. Like what one, Still, one and a half point favorite. Yeah. You know, it's they're competitive, clearly. Uh Dusty May. He's gonna get a job offer to go somewhere. But if you're Dusty May and you win a title at Florida Atlantic, what do you do? Because the reason you leave a place like Florida Atlantic is because you say I can't win a title there. And yet all of a sudden you do it. Like What's the job that you take after that? I hear Kentucky might be looking for a new head coach. I mean, you, you, you try to take it for, <laughs> for, the, for the for the money in your family. The Florida Atlantic's not going to pay him. No, of course. Uh, as much but as like, what else. is the but, job? Like, you know? Yeah, I, it's going to be a bit uh, like a, a Kentucky maybe one day. Um, but yeah, he and he went, he started at FAU in, he's Indiana, India, from Indiana, I think. He started yeah, at FAU. Indiana in, manager. Yep. In 2019, and he cried. When he got the, when he took the job and he saw the facilities and he said uh, he just ruined his career um, and he was like I've just committed career suicide because he took the job before he saw all the facilities and he saw how dire the situation really was and he was like I'm never going to be able to build a really good team here and uh, now he's in the final four which yeah, that's amazing just an insane story if he then were to win it all but. Um, yeah, it'd be wild. I mean, we, look, we're we had Butler. Like, we, look how close we were to have Butler winning it all. Um, you know, ten or whatever that was against if that shot went in, Gordon Hayward yeah, shot went in. Gordon Hayward. Um, you know, I if Florida Atlantic wins it all with this final four, I wouldn't be completely shocked. But yeah, you're right. I mean, he'd be an absolute legend there. They try to give him as much as they possibly could. Um, I'm just not sure if they could compete money wise with some of the some of the big boys out there, but yeah, yeah what a story it would be. I was going to say, trying to wrap your brain around a final of FAU versus Miami is, <laughs> it's just wild to think about. It honestly yeah. is. What about, so what about the Miami game stuck? It's uh, the, the Huskies, you know, 35 minutes from my house, uh, minus five and a half against the Miami hurricanes. Yeah. I mean, I look, Connecticut is playing extremely well. They're on the other end of the spectrum of, San Diego State opponents, like they can't miss a three, um, which now look, they don't need to hit threes, but because they're, they're so good inside, but you know, I, I assume Miami's going to just try whatever they can to try and stop them inside. Now Miami can't defend the post, which is a problem against UConn, but uh, they're going to say, look, UConn, you got to stay hot from three and UConn's going to have some open looks here because Miami's defense is, is poor, but their offense is so explosive with their guards and guards play in March. So, I mean, look, look, if you look at what Miami's done so far, they beat Houston, one of the best defenses in the country. They put up 89. Texas, another one of the best defenses in the country, put up 88 
against Indiana, they put up 85. It doesn't really matter how much you give up if you're going to put up 90 in these games. And so their offense is electric. Um, I make Connecticut a 6.8, seven point favorite here. Um, football season will be here before we know it. So around a touchdown favorite. So what's the line sitting at right now? Um, five and a half. Five and a half. Yeah, I'm at six. Let me see. Six and a half. Six. Yeah, six and a half, seven. So I would lean Connecticut, have a future, probably won't bet it. Um, I'm right in line with the total. It's probably going to come down to, um, you know, if Connecticut is hitting their open shots, because they're going to be able to move the ball here. Miami's going to have to help. Now, if Miami can create turnovers, Connecticut at times has issues with turnovers. But once they get into the half-court set, Miami's going to have to help, and Connecticut's going to get open shots. And if they're just hitting that those open shots at a reasonable clip, I think this, they win this game by six, seven plus at least. But if they're not, Miami's going to score. Miami's going to score on anybody. Then it could be a game. So it's a tough proposition because it's like, all right, can if as long as Connecticut hits their open shots, on one hand, they can do that all the time. On the other hand, they've been doing it a lot. Maybe they're due for an off-shooting night in a new venue. Um, I show a little value in Connecticut, not enough to bet it. And then since I have a future, I'll be staying away. Also, we'll be getting into some props over the next couple of days. This is, you know, I, I'll bet some player props in Final Four weekend, Super Bowl, College Football Championship, and we'll cover some of those on the Big Bets on Campus podcast uh, later in the week. Uh, question from Amp. Would you bet FAU over UConn exact result at plus 850 or just FAU plus 550 to win the title? Uh, let me do quick math. Back of the envelope. Plus five fifty or plus eight fifty. I'm pretty. Uh, I think I'd go. I think I'd go plus eight fifty. Plus eight fifty. I show a little value in UConn against Miami. Is I think is the differentiator there. Um, yeah. So if you want that sweat, either one works, or maybe more. Maybe just put. You know, if you could always put take half your bet. And then put half on plus five fifty, half on plus eight fifty. So I think that's what I would recommend doing. You know Sprinkle. what they say you can't have it all. And yeah. look, you're showing us how we can. Yeah, of course. Hey, before we let you go, you were a massive Ravens fan. We talked a little bit about this when uh we were together this past weekend. Uh Lamar Jackson has now demanded a trade. Uh this thing seems to have gone sideways, although these things always look most sideways right before they get resolved. As a fan. Are you uh, in favor of Lamar Jackson staying or going? I want the picks. I want the first round draft picks. Um, but one, like the relationships has seemed to have soured. Um, part of what makes like Lamar Jackson, people that are just like, oh, he's just a running back or, or talk nonsense. But he, he never took the next step in that accuracy, um, in, in improving his accuracy, right? So, over since he was a rookie, it was like, wow, this guy is electric. Now, if he just could take that next step into elevating his accuracy, then he could be an all-world quarterback. We never saw that. And then on the flip side, he's not going to get any faster, right? So he's only getting older, and he's only going to get started. His injury risk is going up. But the kicker for me is now it's tough because you build a roster around him. You're going to have to get something. Like you don't have wide receivers. You're going to have to do something drastic. It's a really good organization. You might have to eat it for a year or two, but that's okay. Because look around in the AFC. It's like the Bills. You're in the division with the Bengals. The Chiefs and Mahomes aren't going anywhere. Like, if you're in the NFC right now, 
it's a different story. But the AFC is a gauntlet right now. So I don't mind just saying, look, there's a ton of elite quarterbacks in the AFC right now, a ton of teams that are in good positions that not might not necessarily be that way in a couple – I mean, look at the Bengals. Bengals are going to pay everybody. So I don't mind, like, eating it for a year or two. The relationship soured. He's not going to get any quicker. I haven't seen it his accuracy go to an elite level where uh, – you know, it's tough. I don't, what are you going to do with the roster? We'll see. Maybe you bring in – maybe you just roll with Huntley. Maybe you draft a, a young rookie. But you're going to have to – you build a whole offensive scheme. Around. The other thing is the off, the, the rest of the league has kind of figured out what the Ravens want to do. And, and your ceiling is kind of – lowered especially when you get to the playoffs and teams can scheme against it so yeah i i want the picks i want the picks and and plus whenever you pay a quarterback it's going to hurt the rest of your roster um and you want to just try and get to a point where you aren't paying a quarterback that much and you the rest of your roster is there and then that's your window so i'm i'm for the relationships over give me the picks simon i think he said it all yeah, and just, I mean, I kind of heard these rumors a week ago and whatever there was Sunday, I kind of heard that Lamar had reached out to their team from a guy that's a good source for the Ravens. Just, I, I literally came on the show and talked about it. I think I even greened that deal I talked about. It. That's why I took the Browns at 400 uh, plus 400. I think they're down now to three to one. That's what you want to do as a pro. You want to kind of get ahead of the, the news cycle and what the media knows. And I feel a little lucky there in the sense that, you know, Lamar... I agree a lot with Stucky said. My biggest issue with Lamar right now is kind of his maturity level. I, I just everything he's the every way he's handled this, even even not coming back for their postseason push because he didn't want to get hurt before doing a new contract. All of it, it's been so me, me, me in one of the biggest team sports we know. So I get why the fans are kind of sick of it. I get why the organization's kind of burned out on him. Um, it's it's a really sticky situation, but at the same time, if I'm a team like the Jets or if I'm a team, again, the Atlanta thing that will never make sense to me or there's these teams that just haven't had a quarterback that, you know, they're, they're, there's opportunity there. So I get what people say, are coming she's from. She's going to say a friend. She's going to say a friend. They never come up with a conversation. But <laughs> that like, would be. What would Shanahan, what would Shanahan do with him? But the, And, yeah, Lamar says that the Ravens didn't offer him what he's worth. They, they placed a non-exclusive franchise tag on him. That means right. – that whoever wants him, if the Ravens wanted him, they'd have to match it. So that allowed him to go get the, you know, his his market value. Um, so yeah, I think the relationship is just soured too. So that also, even if they did solve it, that could also pop up and cause issues in the future. Um, so I think it's just just a lot of resentment. To, That's what it feels like. Yeah, resentment. It's time to move on. I think. Well, listen. I think it's time for all of us to move on from this podcast. Uh, I got to I got to save my voice for the rest of the week. For Stucky, for Simon Hunter, I am Chad Millman. This has been the Favorites Podcast from the Volume Podcast Network. Download us from Apple Podcasts, from Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe, leave us five stars, say whatever you want. Feedback is a gift. Don't forget, subscribe to the Favorites Podcast. Press the button for the Favorites. Till next time, love you. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.